Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. Um, and like all areas in businesses, I think risk and compliance functions are probably going to be under pressure to do more with less. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slusher. I'm the editor at the GRC Institute. And today we have John Price, a director at the GRC Institute. Hi, John. How are you doing? Not too bad. How are you, Kwame? Not too bad. Uh, today we're having a bit of a chat because, as our listeners and members would know, the conference is coming up at the end of the year, and we thought we'd try to preempt or give a bit of a teaser of some of the issues that we would be talking about at the conference. Um, today we're going to be looking a little bit at, I guess, ultimately at some of some of the risks that you know Australian businesses might face and the regulatory expectations when meeting those risks. Uh, so I'm going to jump straight into it, John. You know. What are some of the key risks that you think impact Australian businesses and how do you think regulated entities have been responding to these problems? Great question. Um, perhaps just to mention a few risks. So I think work from home and the pandemic have met that meant that far more reliance uh, is placed on digital ways of working. And in turn, I think that's brought some risks around cyber security and cyber resilience uh, to top of mind. So various regulators from APRA to ASIC to the ACCC are calling out these risks and uh, entities are becoming focused not only on cyber security measures, that is how to stop a cyber attack, but also cyber resilience, that is how to recover from an attack. So I think that's pretty important. I think the changing economic circumstances that we're seeing um, will also change the approach of some of the regulators and some of the key risks affecting business. So, for example, for credit providers, um, increasing interest rates may mean additional cases of lending hardship and a stronger focus on credit quality and responsible lending from regulators like ASIC and APRA. And more generally, I think the question of how businesses fund themselves over the short and longer term will also become more important as borrowing costs increase. Um, And like all areas in businesses, I think risk and compliance functions are probably going to be under pressure to do more with less. So thinking about how to maintain really robust risk and compliance frameworks and activities um, at an effective cost will be very important. I think people risks are also pretty prevalent at the moment um, with a very strong employment market and both influenza and COVID still in the community. And so making sure they're the right skills to deliver on customer expectations and promises is really important. And and most importantly, you know, um, retaining your own staff and making their roles meaningful. And finally, you know, I think the ongoing risks from regulatory change is certainly still around and with a new government, uh, they will establish their own legislative agenda and business will be mindful or need to be mindful of possible new obligations and really be prepared to adapt to these when they come in. So, um, and even apart from that, I think there's also the ongoing challenge of increasing community expectations and institutions doing the right thing regardless of what the legal rules might be at a particular time. Yeah, sure. And you talked about the sort of approaches of businesses there, but do you think that in meeting these risks that regulated entities have actually been meeting regulatory expectations? You know, have they been doing a good job or have there been some significant challenges? 
Um, look, there are certainly challenges, but generally speaking, I think regulated entities are, are doing a pretty good job in in meeting these expectations. You know, there was a recent state of compliance survey report that was put out by Deloitte earlier this year, and it showed that the culture of organisations surveyed had moved more to a should we be doing something mentality as opposed to a can we do it. And I think that demonstrates um, a a growing maturity and that organisations have really emphasised the importance of doing the right thing rather than just focusing purely on what's permissible. You know, on cyber issues, I know that within boards generally, there's a strong focus on digitisation and and cyber security matters. So that's very positive. Um, And I also think this focus by boards on the electronic world might help with some of the people and resourcing challenges. So better use of data and technology, um, you know, commonly referred to as reg tech, to help manage risk and compliance issues is an ongoing trend, although I must say in the current market it can be challenging to find the right data analytical skills and systems development skills. And, and that is, I think, something that businesses will continue to need to grapple with um, over the next little while. And then finally, I think on the people challenges, I do think businesses are acutely aware of the value of their people and they're looking to certainly... Uh, retain them wherever possible and I've seen uh, you know over the past few years a much greater focus on flexibility in the workforce and an emphasis on diversity to get really good decision making and I think that's very positive and will also help organisations rise to meet the challenges that are out there. Yeah sure so with those areas where organisations have potentially failed or have made mistakes in the past do you feel like there have been learnings from these failures and mistakes or are some of these issues just persistent? Yeah, so certainly lots of learnings out there and, you know, you can go through previous reports. Well, in the financial services sector, there's been uh, the Prudential report into the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. There was the Financial Services Royal Commission. You know, there's some very important learnings there. But speaking more generally, you know, lots of times where I've seen failures in the past that haven't been fixed it's often because business has simply seen an issue as one of human error. So in many cases, with a more thorough root cause analysis, you might question whether that's actually right. Uh, so there's a sort of regulator body called the Banking Code Compliance Committee, and they released a very helpful report in 2021 that said very often human error is seen as the cause of problems without establishing, recording or acting on the true root cause of the problem and that when a breach occurs for which human error is to blame, it's actually often the case that staff conduct or actions have been influenced or been made more difficult by problems with internal systems, processes, technology, training and even organisational culture. So if there was one thing I'd say, it's think really carefully about what the true root cause of a problem is rather than just sort of defaulting to human error. Yeah, sure. 
So I know it's a recurring theme of people risk and, and human error and, and a few other things surrounding staff. I guess if we consider the sort of tagline side of our conference coming up at the end of the year, you know, that piece in strategic compliance, um, how can they use the strategic compliance to, to face these challenges that we've been talking about? Uh, look, I, I think there are a number of ways. And uh, again, if I can make reference to that same report that I just mentioned before from the um, BCCC, a, a few key things I'd call out. First of all, I think it's critical to have an effective communication strategy around the importance of risk and compliance. So getting staff on board, understanding the importance of risk and compliance issues why that is important and promoting a customer-centric approach to all decision-making is absolutely key. I think learning and development are crucial for ensuring competency among all staff within an organisation, and that includes educating staff about how to escalate, report, manage incidents and why these steps are important for the organisation and its customers. Um, when thinking about systems, process and technology, they form an important part of any compliance framework. And, and I think when effectively put in place, they support and em- guide employees to have the right customer conversations and comply with obligations. So I think, you know, the point there is all systems, processes and technology that are designed to comply with obligations should have the needs of both the customer and the employee at their centre. If they're very complicated, difficult to understand, um, manual in nature, that's when you really increase um, the risk of compliance issues. Culture of an organisation, I think, is really important. You know, regulators in the community at large expects organisations to have a strong organisational culture that champions fairness, honesty and transparency. Um, And I think a a culture like that ensures that staff behaviour is not guided by misaligned incentives or conflicts of interest, and it is really about doing the right thing. And, And that does mean just asking, should we do something, not just can we do it? And finally, I think, you know, enhancing... Um, the capability of organisations through robust compliance and risk frameworks is really important too. And, you know, the interesting thing with all those points that I've just mentioned is they're all common topics that are discussed through bodies like the uh, GRC Institute. So, you know, I think that's a good thing to see. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you for that plug as well. Um, any general advice or words of wisdom for GRC professionals who might be listening to this podcast? Oh, look, I I think I'd say um, no one person has all the answers on these topics. So, you know, be sure to think about um, uh, attending the GRC conference uh, uh, to hear on these uh, issues and different ideas about risk and compliance and just reconnect with some of your fellow professionals after a pretty hard few years. I I think um, there's real benefit in... uh, trying to share problems with um, like-minded people and, you know, the GRC Institute conference is a perfect way to do that. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for your time, John. Thank you, Kwame. This podcast was a production of the Governance Risk and Compliance Institute and the music was produced by Rob Neary.